If you don't mind, what we're gonna do is go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 6, one through nine. That's gonna be the passage that we use um, for the vast majority um, of our time. And then while you are doing that, um, we are going to read Article 12 of the Baptist Faith and Message, which is education. And that says, Christianity is the faith of enlightenment and intelligence. In Jesus Christ abide all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All sound learning is therefore a part of our Christian heritage. The new birth opens all human faculties and creates a thirst for knowledge. Moreover, the cause of education in the kingdom of Christ is coordinate with the causes of missions and general benevolence and should receive, along with these, the liberal support of the churches. An adequate system of Christian education is necessary to a complete spiritual program for Christ's people. In Christian education, there should be a proper balance between academic freedom and academic responsibility. Freedom in any orderly relationship of human life is always limited and never absolute. The freedom of a teacher in a Christian school, college, or seminary is limited by the preeminence of Christ, by the authority of the scriptures, and by the distinct purpose for which the school exists. So as we consider this article from the Baptist Faith and Message, before we dive in, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're always so thankful and appreciative for a time to come and to think about what it is we believe on um, so many of these critical topics uh, to our faith. And God, we're thankful that we get to uh, look into your word and, and consider what it is you have to say on, on any of these topics. And God, in particular, as we consider education, we pray that you would be teaching us why education is so important to a believer, what we, what we think about it, what we believe about it, God, and, and stir in us a passion for um, godly education. God, we pray that you would be teaching us in this time, and may our, our hearts and our minds be open um, to what your word has to say on, on the topic. We love you. It's in your son's holy and precious name we do pray. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so Deuteronomy 6, uh, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9. And it says this. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand 
and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Christian education or education in a Christian perspective is something that you may not take a whole lot of time to consider, but it's critical. Um, And for Baptists, it's especially critical because there's a lot of our resources that actually are poured into education. And so tonight, when when we think about education, uh, I have three points for you and three things about education that I think we need to know and I think we need to consider. And the first point is that education is desired. And there's two parts to that point. Education is desired. The first one is that education is desired by us, the believer, or Christians. If you look back at that Baptist faith and message section, um, it's in the fourth sentence that says, the new birth opens all human faculties and creates a thirst for knowledge, right? Part of being a believer um, is that we now have this thirst of knowledge or for knowledge, specifically about God, right? He has now, as, as, as it says in scripture, he has now removed a heart of stone, replaced it with a heart of flesh, and that new heart desires to have a greater knowledge of who he is, right? It is, it is something that comes almost natural to a believer that has come to love God. He desires or she desires a greater knowledge of God and who he is. The second part is that Christianity, if you look at that first sentence, Christianity is the faith of enlightenment and intelligence. I think, it, I think we have to be specific on what we mean with that sentence. Uh, when we say that Christianity is the, is the faith of enlightenment, what we don't mean is that in order to be a Christian or to have this faith, that you need to be intelligent or smart, right? Christianity or the ability to become a believer or to follow Jesus has never been qualified by how smart or intelligent that you are, right? All people can come to him. What this does mean is that believers particularly are enlightened. When someone becomes a believer, when they come to trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and they are redeemed, they are going to be enlightened. Christianity is the faith of enlightenment and intelligence. And what it means for that is that in order for us to have a proper understanding of our world and how we're supposed to live in it, we have to know God. In order for us to have that proper understanding of our world and how we live in it, we have to know God. Our call to worship in Proverbs 9, and particularly in verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Knowing God is what brings wisdom. All wisdom and truth belongs to God. That second sentence of the Baptist face and message says that in Jesus Christ abide all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, right? The only way that we can understand life is through a knowledge of God. And by knowing God, that kind of bleeds into our interpretation of everything that we do and everything that we, uh, everything that we see and everything that we engage with, right? This, this idea of, of wisdom 
only comes from a knowledge of God. When you look in uh, Deuteronomy 6, Moses is, is, once again, teaching the Israelites, and it seems like he does this over and over and over again through these um, from Exodus on through Deuteronomy, right? That he seems like he has to continually teach the Israelites. And what he says in Deuteronomy 6 is that, you know, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, right? Moses is teaching them that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, right? He wants them to fear the Lord. And we've seen in Proverbs that that is the beginning of wisdom. You and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long, right? Your days may be long, meaning that they are going to live well with wisdom. And the reason they're going to be able to do that is because they are fearing the Lord, because they know God. The only way that we can interpret our world and creation is by knowing God. How can we fully understand creation without knowing the creator, right? Anything that we know about our world or anything that we know about how we're supposed to live in it is impartial until we know the God who made it. Education is naturally desired by us. But secondly, education is something that is desired for us by God. God desires for us to learn and to grow in wisdom, and that comes through a greater knowledge of him. And we know this because he's revealed himself to us in his word. One, in his word, that is the scriptures, right? We, you and I, can come to a greater understanding and knowledge of God because we have the very words of God in our hands. We can see what he says about himself. He teaches us about himself in his word. But second, he's revealed himself in his word through Jesus, right? You all know the famous uh, entry into the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So God has revealed himself in his Word, the words that are here in all of your hands in the Bible, and two, in his Word, that is Jesus, who is a perfect reflection of God, right? He has revealed himself to us, and we can have a knowledge and understanding of who he is. He desires for us to know him, and he's shown us that by revealing himself. So point one is education is desired. The second thing is that education is active. If wisdom comes to us through knowing God, then we need to know and understand practically what is going to help us grow in a knowledge of God. How does education occur? How does it happen? I have three methods for you for how it happens. The first one is what I would call personal discipleship. You all do not have to turn there, but consider this. This is Paul writing in Philippians in chapter 2, verse 12. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. There is a sense in which we are responsible as believers for our own education, right? This sense of personal discipleship. And there are practices or disciplines that God has blessed us with so that he might work in us as we are 
actively working in personal discipleship. These are not gonna be unfamiliar to you. They are Bible reading, right? Reading of the scripture, seeing what God has said, their prayer, right? Coming to God with our needs, with our desires, with our thanksgiving, with our praise. There's interacting with one another, building, with, building up one another, right? Coming together and talking and discipling together. And the list goes on. God uses these practices to grow us in wisdom and in truth. We have to be disciplined in practicing them, but God will work in you through your personal discipleship to educate you about himself. He will grow you in wisdom and in knowledge of him through personal discipleship. The second way uh, that education occurs, I have listed as passing down wisdom. Look, look closely again at Deuteronomy 6, Moses telling the people uh, what they need to do as they enter into the land. And he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, starting in verse 4. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And you shall talk of them... Uh, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Verse seven there is really big when we're talking about passing down wisdom, passing down a knowledge of God. <clears throat> One thing that we have to remember about education as believers is that it begins in our homes. It's been pretty common over the last several decades for people to view the church as being solely responsible for the spiritual discipleship of, of children. But the reality is when it comes to education and the way we should view it is that the primary way that Christian education occurs when it comes to passing down the knowledge of God is that it happens in our homes. We as Christians and as believers bear the responsibility of teaching the truths of God to our children. Um, pretty much everyone here in the room knows me, but if you didn't, uh, I have been a dad for about six weeks. <laughs> and so perhaps in some ways that makes me a little bit uh, um, unqualified to speak on the subject um, but perhaps in other ways, it makes me more than qualified to speak on the subject um, because as a dad of six weeks, there's, there's one thing I know, it's that I don't get a lot of sleep. Um, I, don't, I, don't get a lot, I don't get a lot of sleep physically because my son wakes me up and, and he's hungry and uh, anything else that's going on, he, he's awake and when he's awake, everybody else is. Um, but if I'm being honest, uh, what actually keeps me awake is not so much the fact that I'm gonna have to be up in another three and a half hours to help my son get something to eat. What really keeps me awake at night is that as his dad, I have the responsibility of making sure and clearly communicating to him the truths of God. That is my responsibility, it is my wife's responsibility to make sure he comes and hears about God. 
And that responsibility primarily doesn't belong with anyone else. It primarily belongs to us. Moses is telling the Israelites, you have to teach them, them these commandments that they need to be having on their hearts and how to love the God. You need to teach them diligently to your children. You need to talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, when you rise, right? The point that Moses is communicating is that at all times, with every opportunity that you have, you need to be teaching your children the truth of God. They need to know him. The truth is that our children are not going to learn a knowledge of God from anywhere else beside their home and their church. And their home bears the primary, primary responsibility of, of educating them about God. The third way that education does occur is preaching and teaching. The church has been tasked as well with the responsibility of discipleship, right? And the public exhortation of the word of God has been a manner in which people come to hear and learn about God for centuries, we see Moses here doing it with the Israelites. The prophets are going to do it later on. And then Jesus is going to come on the scene and he's going to continue to teach about God and referencing the scriptures. And Paul is going to be going synagogue to synagogue, city to city, teaching and explaining the scriptures so that people can have a knowledge of God and who he is. Public exhortation of the word of God is how that has always happened. And pastors ever since him through the centuries have done the same. Because the primary point of preaching is so that people would hear the word of God and therefore be educated by its truth so that people can know God. This is the same reason we have Bible studies. We gather together for these reasons that we might hear the word of God be educated by it and therefore grow in wisdom that we might live well, right? Intelligence in and of itself is not super helpful. Wisdom gives us the ability to live well. I had a wisdom literature professor in college who wants to find wisdom as the ability to live with skill. Um, and I always found that funny, but actually helpful, right? Knowledge of God helps us live well. So one, education is desired. Two, education is active. And three, education is purposed. It has a purpose. You all will know knowledge without action is worthless. None of you all would want to go to see a doctor who has the greatest understanding of human anatomy and of infections or diseases yet has no interest in diagnosing you when you have a problem. No one wants to go to see a mechanic who has the greatest understanding of vehicles and engines that has ever lived, who has no desire to help you diagnose and fix your problems with your car, right? Knowledge without action and execution is worthless. The purpose of our learning, the purpose of education in the truth of God is so that we would become better servants of God. <clears throat> if we're not becoming better servants by our education and the truth, 
we have a problem. And we don't have a knowledge problem, we would have an obedience problem. Here's the good thing about the world that we live in today. We have more access to knowledge than any people who have ever come before us. Even as believers, we have more resources than any other time in Christian history. We have more seminaries, and some of the best seminaries in the world are right here in our country, one of them being in our own backyard. We have more, and much to my chagrin to say this because Marcus is doing such important work, but even though we still need so many more Bible translations, we have more Bible translations than we've ever had in Christian history. That work's not finished, but there's been progress. We have more scholarly works to help us understand what's being taught by Scripture than ever before. But if all those resources and all this education isn't making us more useful, then we have a problem, and it's not a knowledge problem, it's an obedience problem. <clears throat> Our education is meant, in God, is meant to make us more useful to God. We must take our knowledge of the truth and go and teach others. This is a continuous process that needs to occur. This is the reason that we as Baptists believe that we should be giving so much of our resources to education, right? We read that earlier in the Baptist Faith and Message. It says, moreover, the cause of education in the kingdom of Christ is coordinate with the causes of missions and general benevolence and should receive along with these the liberal support of the churches, I just spoke last week about how evangelism is our duty and our privilege, and evangelism is our duty because we have a knowledge and we have been educated on the truth. There is a connection between our education and our obedience. Our education has a purpose, and it is meant to make us useful to God so that his gospel can be clearly taught to all people everywhere, clearly. <clears throat> education is a critical aspect of Christian life. We long to grow in wisdom and to have a greater knowledge of God, and as we grow in wisdom, we need to be educating others because the purpose of our growth in knowledge is so that we might be better and more useful servants to God. Ed education is critical. It's desired by us as believers. We have to be active in pursuing it and in executing it, and it has a purpose so that we might be better servants of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're always so thankful for Sunday nights. We're thankful for your scriptures, God. We're thankful for Deuteronomy 6, how Moses took the charge of teaching the people seriously. And what he also took seriously is that they would be going and educating and teaching their children and others. God, may we be, may, may we be doing the same. May we be committed to learning more and growing in our knowledge of God, but may it be for the purpose that we can be better servants and of more use to you. God, we love you. We're thankful for how you're shaping us and encouraging us through your scripture and as we consider what we believe as Baptists. We love you, and it's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.